Okay. Hello. And, and welcome. Hello. Welcome to Shaker Heights. <laughs> <laughs> Two book squad goals. Um, oh. Yeah. Today, we are discussing Little Fires Everywhere, a book by Celeste Ng. Um, this is my pick, which is why I'm doing all the talking right now. Uh, as <laughs> as an intro question. Who, wait, who are you? <laughs> oh, I'm Kelly. So, yeah, okay. Uh, so you may have heard of this book, not just because it's a book, but because it's going to be made into a mini-series on Hulu. Um, and it's going to be produced by Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington, who are also both going to be on the show. Um, they have presumably been cast as the two main characters, though... That is not confirmed, but I am not sure who else they would be. Um, Or the two main moms, I guess we should say. Uh, Which Elena Richardson, who I assume is Reese Witherspoon, and Mia Warren, who I assume is Carrie Washington. Anyway, as my intro question, I wanted to ask you guys um, about your potential casting choices for this show. Okay. I think... Let's talk through that. I'm, ne- I'm never good at these. But I think who are I you? like, oh, I'm Mary. Hi, Mary. I'm the who are you police. <laughs> who are you? <laughs> yeah, you are. What are you doing in my house? Someone has to. <laughs> I think. I'm Emily, by the way. I think oh, I Mary. would like to see maybe Constance Wu. Oh, yeah, I was thinking that. As BB. I don't know. I would just like to see Constance Wu in more things. So if I can yeah. get her in there, that would be good. Um, I am Susan, and I didn't want to upset Emily, so I said my name first. <laughs> and um, I was thinking for Elena Richardson, a, um, a blonde Jennifer Garner. Uh, she's always a mom. Yeah, and remember how she was in Juno? I feel like that is very Mrs. Richardson. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and then Jennifer Garner. check out my Mia, oh. though. Shannon Sossaman. Oh, I love it. Nailed it. I don't know who that so. is. Nailed it. Um, My former celebrity lookalike, hmm. who everyone used to say I looked like when I had short hair. But she's way more beautiful than me. No, so you should not. look her up. You're the most beautiful. She's in a well, Night's I was Tale. Just, this is Emily. I was just assuming that Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington were going to be the two main characters. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of my so. my intention, but I think Susan read it as who else would you like to see as oh, oh. well those two? Just <laughs> with with Carrie Washington as Mia, my thought was maybe Amanda Stenberg as yeah uh, Pearl. Pearl, why I was like almost calling her Izzy. That's not right. Um, but yeah, I really like her, and it would be cool to see her. I could, I mean, I could see her playing that character. So I could see that. I could too. My bad. I thought this game was uh, who would you rather cast. It's <laughs> oh, okay. Fine. I realized when you said you were like before this, we were in the G chat, and Susan was like, "I think I did a really good job with." casting these two and emily was like well and i'm like oh i yeah. guess i didn't phrase that question very well, well at all. i think it's because i, I asked that same question when we did um 50 shades 
freed, like, who would you rather watch oh, have yeah. sex with each other? Susan, you said you had a couple of the other characters uh, cast, too. Let us let us know what Oh, yeah. Are. I thought yeah. – um, <laughs> I'm not sure how to say her name. Is it Maka Monroe? I don't know the that The chick person. from It Follows. Oh. Oh, yeah. Um, mm. And then maybe that girl from Milana is Pearl. If Shannon Sossman is her mom, not if Carrie Washington is her mom. Yeah. That girl from Milana. I don't know her name. <laughs> Emily's about to go off. You know, the girl. You mean Ali'i Cravalho? Yeah. Uh, Milana okay. from Milana? Milana from Milana. The, just of the Milana cartoon fame. Milana. Not the actress who played her voice, but just like everyone else is real. And it's yeah. just Moana. The yeah, cartoon I want an Moana animated Pearl. You know, I'm just gonna, like <laughs> as we're talking about this book, I'm just gonna picture Moana. <laughs> I'm into it I'm into as it. Pearl. Um, I'm not gonna answer this question because I forgot to think about it before we started. So sorry, guys. Really? No, she didn't um, answer a whole different question, which is what I just did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me you see if I can think job. really quick. Everyone did a great job. I stand by Shannon Sossman as a better Mia, but. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm so used to Carrie Washington being a sort of like. Put together. Yeah. It's going to be weird to see her as like an artsy, like, I don't know. We can well, talk more about what this. She's gonna, maybe Reese Witherspoon is going to be the artsy one. Maybe, but that would also like be drastically change the the entire story if the Richardsons were black. Yes, absolutely. So, I which mean, is not... it changes the story if Mia's black. It changes the story either way, but um, I think that the Richardsons uh, should be white because of the kind of, pe- like, stance. shitty people that they are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, not to say that... that all types of people can't be shitty, but more, more they're white a very specific are than other people. Yeah, they're a, brand they're a real specific type of shitty. Mm-hmm. They're a little very that white really people. It's like a very... Hey, I need you to stop. Mommy is on the phone with her friend. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Kids. Who are you talking they're to? They're like a very suburban, upper middle class shitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess let's just get into it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read the plot summary from Goodreads. Um, Here we go. In Shaker Heights, a placid, progressive suburb of Cleveland, everything is meticulously planned, from the layout of the winding roads to the colors of the houses to the successful lives its residents will go on to lead. And no one embodies this spirit more than Elena Richardson, whose guiding principle is playing by the rules. Enter Mia Warren, an enigmatic artist and single mother, who arrives in this idyllic bubble with her teenage daughter Pearl and rents a house from the Richardsons. Soon, Mia and Pearl become more than just tenants. All four Richardson children are drawn to the alluring mother-daughter pair, but Mia carries with her a mysterious past and a disregard for the rules that threatens to upend this carefully ordered community. When their Richardson's friends attempt to adopt a Chinese-American baby, a custody battle erupts that dramatically divides the town and puts Mia and Mrs. Richardson on opposing sides. Suspicious of Mia and her motives, Mrs. Richardson becomes determined to uncover the secrets in Mia's past, but her obsession will come at an unexpected and devastating cost. 
wait, will come at unexpected and devastating costs to her own family and Mia's. Little Fires Everywhere explores the weight of long-held secrets and the ferocious pull of motherhood and the danger of believing that planning and following the rules can avert disaster or heartbreak. That was not the worst good Goodreads. Not summary. the worst one. <laughs> um, yeah, that was fine. That was uh, pretty decent. Pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised by the Goodreads summary. Um, okay, so I want to start by talking about the characters in this book because there are a lot of them. And it's hard to talk about anything that happens here without discussing the people who are driving the action. So what did you guys think of these characters? Who did you like? Who did you hate? Who did you find interesting? And who bored you? Well, <laughs> so basically, so I guess we should break it down for people who might want to listen to this but not read the book. Yeah, break down the, the um, tree of people. So basically, there are the Richardsons, Elena and Bill. Mr. and Mrs. Richardson, matriarch as they're... And patriarch. Referred to a million times. And then their kids, Lexi... Trip, Moody, and Izzy. In descending age In sort order. Of, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lexi is like... I don't know. How would we describe her? She's like popular girl from like 90s TV shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's just like a normal girl. She is dating a guy named Brian. The book makes a big deal that Brian is black. And that they're an interracial couple. Trip and Moody just seem like kind of like high school boys. Although Trip seems definitely more of like the popular boy who's low key trying to sleep with everyone. Yeah, Trip is the the jock, and Moody's like a little more sensitive. Moody's like the I like music Moody high school Moody. boy. Yeah, and Izzy yeah. is kind of her own thing. Izzy is like wants to be anti-establishment, but is like. Yes. 15, so has a hard time doing it. Yeah. So she's just wearing her <laughs> combat boots and... Stomping around. Refusing to be nice to people. And asking really inappropriate and questions all the time. Yeah. About everything. That everyone's thinking, but <laughs> won't ask. Then we have Mia and Pearl, the Warrens. Mia's like an artsy mom who kind of gets by doing odd jobs here and there and then doing her art. And then Pearl is just really pumped to have, like, a set school. Because her mom has been driving her to random cities every couple of months or year for her entire life. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's how artists are, you know. Well, we can get Uh, it. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I do want to hear about that. Um, We also have... uh, Linda McCullough, who is the woman who finds or adopts a baby who is left at a firehouse. Uh, the baby happens to belong to B.B. Chow, who's left the baby at, a, at the firehouse, like, in a fugue state. Yeah. Almost an act of desperation. She didn't know what else to do. She was, like, in- like the baby was, was, yeah. She was kind of dealing with postpartum depression and freaking and out And she about was that. in extreme poverty and an immigrant from China, and she was having right. a hard time finding work and et cetera. Had no resources. But her intention was not to leave the baby forever. Yeah. Um, then we have the baby, Mirabelle McCullough, or 
Mailing Chow, whichever way you want to think about it. Mirabelle is a terrible name. Yeah, can I call her <laughs> May? Because I think the name Mirabella makes me want to kill myself. Yeah. Is what I think. I go for it. Hate it. <laughs> um, we should also note that from here on out, we are going to spoil everything. Oh, shit. I forgot to say that at the top. We've already started. <laughs> no, we didn't. That's all I think, like... Seven yeah, that's all in the in the plot description. It's okay. We'll just direct anyone that complains straight to Emily. <laughs> what? I didn't do it. She loves to handle those tweets. <laughs> Girl. I will say I really was interested in Izzy because I feel like in a lot of ways I was that teenager who was like everyone's stupid and adults don't understand anything and I want to wear my combat boots and my pants from Hot Topic and you know, be that kind of teenager. And I was most interested in her and felt the worst for her because her mom is just like constantly negging her. On her ass. Like she'll yeah, say, yeah. we're going to have a girl's brunch. I'm going to take Lexi out to brunch. And then Izzy's like, well, can I come? And her mom says, oh, I didn't know you'd want to you know like crappy stuff like that but then okay but then doesn't she just eat toast yeah but if she wants to go to brunch and eat and act like a little bitch she should be able to do that (laughs) no i'm sorry i'm not buying you breakfast at an expensive ass brunch if all you're gonna do is eat toast you can make toast at home i was with her on that no because it shouldn't be about like what you get should be about spending time with your daughters. Like, if you want to have a girl's day out, then you should take both of your daughters. But also, to be fair, Izzy typically is like, that's stupid. I don't want to go. So she was probably just a, like, I'm not defending yeah. Elena Richardson, but I'm <laughs> I'm saying that, sh- like, as far as whether or not to invite your bratty teenage daughter to brunch when she repeatedly... <laughs> talks about how much she hates spending time with all of you and slams herself in her room every moment of every day. Like, you know. I mean, I'm mostly just speaking up on behalf of brunch. <laughs> it's not like her mom, it's not like she asked to go and then her mom was like, no, you can't come. But she was kind of pissed. But Yeah. I don't know. I fell for Izzy. I like Izzy and I was interested in her. Because she seems so different from the rest of the family. And sort of the inverse in that is I was really bored by Moody and Trip, the two high school boys. Mm-hmm. Because they're just kind of... Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, like, my counter to every time they're in a book or even in real life when people are like well I think so and so feels this way but there's no way I can know I'm like well why don't you just talk about it why don't you just ask them and they don't because they're teenage boys or you know grown boys but you know adult adult (laughs) boys don't talk to each other about their feelings either (laughs) yeah (laughs) <sighs> Maybe some do. Susan and Emily, what do you what do you have to say about characters? Oh, I'm I'm with um, Mary on Izzy. I like I felt bad for her, but um, I mean she was like 
a little bitch, but I, so was I. Her her combat so I, got I mean, it. so I was I. So were we all. I was like, also a little bitch and felt bad for myself. So, <laughs> um, but I, I really liked Pearl mm-hmm. a lot. Um, but I, it. One thing about her that kind of drove me nuts was the like, just acceptance of the fact that like she would ask a question and her mom would be like, "Oh, fairies brought you here" or something. <laughs> right. And she would just be like, well, okay, I guess I'm just not going to ask ever again. Like, you, I felt like you would if you were in that situation. I think in a couple I, years, I Pearl's like, going to get pretty fucking pissed off at her mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's still right at the edge um, of, like, being, a, like, a full, t- like, you know, she's not quite, she's, like, f- probably 15, mm-hmm. 14 or 15. Yeah. But I kind of liked watching her, like, she had the most, like, kind of coming of age story where she was like figuring out some stuff and becoming less naive um lexi sucks yeah honestly like for a good (laughs) i would say at least like the first hundred pages of the book um i think until the scene where izzy i don't know how far into the book it is but when izzy like does the prank at school or whatever I, I, but see, I was like, for the first part of the book, I was getting all the kids mixed up. Me too. Yeah. Except for, you know, except for Trip, and I'll tell you why. Because I thought about Trip from Virgin The Virgin Suicides, Suicides, yes. Because he was like essentially the same character. Yes. That's true. So I was like, okay, I know this Trip character. And you're like, Moody is the Moody one. Right. But yeah, like the two girls, especially, I, I got them mixed up. And I don't know, Lexi, Izzy, the names are kind of similar. They're not dissimilar. I don't know. So, like, it was yeah. easy for me to remember Lexi because I I knew so many popular girls at my school who were named Lexi that it was easy for me to relate them, like, her to that character. Why? Oh. Why were there so but many popular girls named Lexi? Is I don't know. Is that a Florida thing? Because in the 90s, that was a popular-ass name. I guess that's something to think about, too, is, like, this isn't set in 2018. But why? This is, like, the mid-90s. That's my question. Why not current, like, present day? I don't know. I wonder if it has to do with the setting and, like, specifically what Shaker Heights was like in the 90s. I'm gonna look this up because I feel like I talked to her about this when I interviewed her. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because I... Well, so I will shameless plug. We will put the link yeah. to this interview in the. It's not a shameless plug. Yes. You did um, interview. When, <laughs> yeah. So when I when I interviewed Celeste Ng for Book Riot, one of the things I asked her, like kind of joking, but I asked her, like, so your first book takes place in the seventies, and your second place, your second book takes place in the nineties. So is your third book going to take place like now? Is that the trajectory? And she was like, actually, the next book does take place now. Well, so I didn't realize I was doing that. But <laughs> I was like, okay. So, but I'm, I'm going to look it up and see. Because I feel like she said something about that um, when I talked to her about it. Like, why it said in the 90s. But now I can't remember. So just give me a second. Shut up. Talk okay. amongst yourself. Because to me, which, and maybe there, <sighs> you'll have a better answer after reading it. But to me, it felt like the most obvious reason for it to be set in the 90s was so that they couldn't use the internet yeah. to look up some of the mysteries 
that were happening. Exactly. And like as a Yeah. That makes to make sense. It, it also like complicates the kids' relationships. Well, or doesn't complicate them as much because they can't text each other. You know, they're not like constantly mm-hmm. on cell phones. That's a whole other dimension of relationships that you just don't even have to get into. If it's set in the 90s. Yeah. And maybe because, so Celeste Ng was probably a teenager in the that 90s, too. right? Yes. And Shaker Heights is actually where she grew up. Right. So. Yeah. So that's why I was saying it's probably because this is. A reflection I'm of sure her Shaker own Shaker Heights time today spent there. isn't exactly like Shaker Heights in the nineties, and yeah, maybe that's yeah. why. And um, I mean, like, I I can say too, like, I write about a lot of things taking place in the late nineties because that's kind of like the time I remember. Yeah, yeah. from Same. like where shit happened to mm-hmm. me, you know. Yeah. So also, I mean, the economy that. was good. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, and they talk These a lot about need the um, economy to be good for any of their yeah. lives. Well, they, they talk a lot about the reason that the community was able to focus on this like baby adoption drama so much is like there wasn't a whole right. lot going on, yeah, politically yeah. at the time, aside from the Bill Clinton affair, which was mm-hmm. kind of like I can, can you imagine that being a big deal now? Oh my god! No. Like consider all the shit Donald Trump does. And, like, back in the day, we were, like, so... Definitely had affairs. Yeah. We're so like, appalled that, is, like, Bill Clinton had an <laughs> incident with a cigar, that you is, know? Uh, and that's, like, kind of the least of right the problems. Yeah, <laughs> so, we've been completely desensitized to, like, a president being yeah. a bad person. Yeah, during that part, I was kind of like, oh, what wow. happened? How innocent. Yeah. What a simple, sweet time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, this her emails. Is, so this explanation is going to be a little bit too hard to sum up. Um, I think you'll just have to read the interview for herself. But two of the things we talked about, because um, I'm I'm a really big fan of her first book, so I talked about her. What is her first book? Um, her first book is called Everything I Never Told You. Um, it takes place in the seventies and um. So, you know, one of the things that we talked, or two of the things that we talked about a lot, because both this book and um, Everything I Never Told You deal a lot with motherhood Mm -hmm. and deal a lot with race. Um, And so I think one of the things she's trying to explore is how those things have changed over time and how, you know, like motherhood and the way motherhood looked and expectations of mothers and racism looked very different in the 70s. than it does now and then it did in the 90s i think the 90s are kind of like a transitional mm-hmm. time um and so i don't know i think that's one of the things she was trying to explore as well it's sort of like looking back at like what motherhood was then what racism was then which you know i think i don't know that motherhood has changed a lot since the 90s maybe i'm wrong but i think racism um, in some ways has, in some ways hasn't changed. The way that we talk about it has changed. Yeah. I don't yes. know that racism itself has changed. I I mean, that was something that really right. struck me in this book because, you know, the part where the McCulloughs are trying to say that they 
would be the best parents for this child. They keep saying, well, you know, we're not racist. We definitely want to include things from Chinese culture in her life. They're like, we put Chinese art up on but the then, wall. Yeah, they can't has even a really stuffed animal. specifically <laughs> refer to anything. Rice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, this is the thing about the 90s versus now. Like, I think, because Shaker Heights is supposed to be this, like, progressive town. Like, I think for something to be considered actually progressive now, there has to be some level of self-awareness. And there's, mm-hmm. like, none on the part of most people there. That's like, true. not, especially, like, I guess the Richardsons kind of epitomize yeah. that. But, yeah. like, there is no real acknowledgement of, like, their own privilege or, you know, instead of openly talking about race in a way that would be progressive, they say stuff like, I don't mm-hmm. see race, which is, like... Yes. Like, no one really says that now because someone would be like, come on. I mean, people say it, but it's like... (laughs) Yeah, but they get... You roll your eyes at it now. Like, it's not... um, That's just not the way people talk about it anymore. So, that's 90s. Yeah. Yeah. And necessary to, I think, the way the Richardsons are. And I mean, she had to... uh, (laughs) When when Curl... when Pearl gets Pearl. abandoned at that <laughs> party, she has to, like, find a landline to yeah. call somebody. So that was very mm-hmm. 90s. Um, so, like, the day after I finished this, I was just, like, skimming the news, like, the next morning and saw that a murder happened in Shaker Heights. And I was like, damn, shit has changed. Oh, my God. <laughs> what would Elena think? Uh, well, I, like, a guy murdered his wife. Like, he had been convicted of domestic abuse before, of course, and then... <laughs> Did Mr. Richardson murder Mrs. Richardson? It's no, funny. but it was, like, a... It was a guy that murdered this teacher who, like, the whole community loved. So there was still Damn. this sort of, like, really community outpouring, kind of, we all love this person, and our education system's amazing. Um, We're so great. There was a straight murder. It's funny, Emily, that you were saying that you were getting the kids mixed up because I was getting all the adults mixed up, especially since they kept – she kept writing Mr. and Mrs. Richardson. Girl, me too. I would misread it all the time. Me too. I was like, who? At first I thought (laughs) – at first I thought Mrs. Richardson was helping with the trial and I was like, that's weird. And I was like, wait, no, that's not right. I was like, why is a reporter helping with the trial? Yeah, the same thing. And then I did not have this problem. I briefly thought that (laughs) you were listening to it. That's why. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because the words look really similar. They don't sound that similar. And when you know, Mr. Richardson doesn't pop up that that much. Yeah, you just kind of assume it's Mrs. Richardson every time because she is a very active character. Yeah. And I was just like, can't we just use their first names? Like, I get it. Can't. Can you just say Elena and Bill? <laughs> but anyway, it reminded old. me a little bit of Sharp Objects. But that's like who she is, way. right? Like her, a lot of her identity is about being Mrs. Right. Richardson and not about well, really sucks. anything about her. It's like she's a mom and a wife. Oh, and can like, I tell a little side story yeah. today? Right yeah. now, speaking of, um, <laughs> so. Ben brought pizza for my class today, and I told them that 
I had to go get pizza downstairs and like half my class ran downstairs so they could meet my husband. <laughs> and when they met him, they were like, thanks, Mr. Martin. <laughs> oh my God. That's so cute. Ben wishes. Oh, like, they think that. What that did he say? I his name. That's cute. He didn't say He's anything. Like, cool. <laughs> He's like, see ya. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> That's it. Just a little side story. We can cut that out. I just wanted to tell you guys because I thought that was cute. No, I no. like it. Leave it. I like that. <laughs> um, okay. I guess this is my turn to um, talk about how. Yeah. If, I don't know if you, if you listeners can tell, but I um, think I didn't like this book as much as everyone else did. Um, even though I picked it. That's okay. <laughs> so I uh, I had a huge problem with the fact that all of these characters felt like stereotypes to me. And I kept waiting for there to be some kind of like subversion of the stereotypes. And there never was, especially with the teenagers like Trip and Moody and Izzy, to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Izzy is a little bit more nuanced, I think. Maybe? I kept wanting Lexi to actually turn out to be a good friend to Pearl. Yeah. But she just wasn't. She yeah. was just like... She was like... She, like, clueless her. She was like, I'm gonna give you a makeover. And then right. she was like, you you owe me everything. And yeah. I'm gonna make you do shitty things for me. Like, say that you got an abortion instead of me. Yeah, and then I'm gonna have, like, like an emotional experience, and it's not going to change the way that I view the world at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then just, like, I don't know. Like, like I said, she sucks. Like, yeah. and then Elena Richardson was, was interesting to me in that, like, she's this character who is now, like, a wife and a mother, and, like, Susan was saying, that's, like, what her identity is wrapped up in, but, like, she also, you know, there's this whole thing where when she was younger, she was, you know, very into the anti-war movement, and she was into going to protests, and she was very politically active, and, um, hugely left-leaning and liberal and, like, really, like, cared about and was passionate about all this stuff, and it was just really hard for me to, like, like see that person in the person yeah. that we see for this whole novel. It just kept saying she used to be this way, but I saw no evidence that she like in her current personality that she could have ever been that way. It was really like jarring every time we were reminded yeah. that she used to be passionate about people's rights because it just didn't seem. But I mean, like she still well, thinks you- she is. Like she she's a journalist and she writes about political things. She only writes right. about city council stuff and like yeah, that's politics, like small town political really. things. It's well, you look, think everyone's got to start somewhere. Just ask <laughs> well, no, she started there and then chose to stay there because she never wanted to move. Mm-hmm. Like, remember, like her colleagues like went and wrote in Cleveland. Yeah. Oh no, like, I meant everyone has to start somewhere politically. But oh, she, you know? it seemed like she started I mean, she somewhere. Never, I don't think she really is ever gonna try to rise above that politically either, though. Like. And you'd think if there was any glimpse of her, like, old life, then she would be more sympathetic to Izzy, but she's, like, yeah, right. not at all. Like, it was she doesn't even realize until the very end that there's even, like, any of herself in Izzy, you know? Right. It's, like, yeah. It seemed to me, like, but, literally two different characters. It was, like, just so – it didn't mm-hmm. really fit together for me. It felt like there was something missing in her well, I don't know. I could believe it. I feel like it's pretty common to, like, it's a common baby boomer 
track where like a lot of them were politically active in the 60s and then they got older and they settled down and like got super conservative yeah just like sort of (laughs) well yeah like they suddenly they had money and were on the other side of things and so like i didn't have a problem with that because i think that happened to a lot of people in that generation i don't yeah i guess it was just hard because yeah i I understand how she got from point a to point b yeah i i don't really and i also just couldn't i think like she also lacked any other real personality traits so it was like hard for me to like make her into a real person yeah in my head other than just this like looming like vaguely racist like you know, character who didn't. And I felt that way about a lot of the characters that that I kept being told, like, this is what this person is like without seeing them actually yeah. be that way. If that makes sense. It does. I'm- and, like, the old, like, you know, show, don't tell thing I felt was, like, really a problem right. in the writing in this book. Not to, And I haven't read Celeste Ng's first book, so I can't say if this is, like, something that I would, like notice in her other writing but it was like constantly bothering me i just want to say i mean i know we're gonna rate it later and i know like i've talked up everything i never told you before not just in this it's like one of my favorite books that i read this year um i think that it's a lot better than this book um okay so i i wouldn't say like oh don't try any of her other stuff just because you didn't like this one okay just personally Okay. I okay. I will keep that in mind. Okay. Cuz I like I really love the other book. But, yeah. Okay. I was also going to then go on to talk about Mia, which was my least favorite thing about this book. Um Mia is a character who is an artist and I just like felt like this is the personally attacked (laughs) i felt personally attacked no like i like artists yes can be uh, like flighty i guess i i I do have a little bit of an argument for this as well but i want you to go ahead first i just okay i want to do so i have i have an issue with the fact that you know this character is is an artist and she uh like her whole thing is that she you know like, decided that she was going to live an artist's life and just do, like, small odd jobs and work, like, one day a week at a Chinese restaurant and then, like, spend all of her time doing photography and then selling a piece every, like, six months and getting some money for it and then moving her daughter. It's, like, it's just, like, a really, like, narrow view I felt of, and I'm sure there are people who do live like this, but, like, this is, like, a really narrow view of what an artist's life might be like. Because to be a successful working artist, you don't have, like, it, it, there's so much more that goes into it than the way that it's presented here. Especially just, like, also, like, the description of, I I also, this, like, is a whole separate thing, but, like, if you're gonna have a a character that that is an artist or that, it's, like, the same thing in a movie if you're gonna have a character that plays music. Like, the thing that they're making if you're going to say that they're this, like, genius who is, like, like undiscovered, like, the thing you're describing better be fucking cool and good. And the photographs that she was describing were fucking <laughs> stupid. Like, I'm sorry, but they were. And <laughs> I'm going to say something controversial here and say 
generally speaking, I don't get photography. <laughs> well, that's all. That's fine. Um, so I'm like, is that good? I don't fucking know. How is that any better than what I took on my iPhone yesterday? I don't. Know. I mean, as some is the dancing in Suspiria? Again? No, yeah, it's like not. Who knows? I, I can say as can someone who who has studied photography that this is not good. Okay. <laughs> what she was describing was not good. Yeah. I'm not saying that there isn't such a thing as good and bad photography. I'm yeah. just saying, like, personally, I don't know how to assess that. Well, yeah, so, and apparently yeah. neither does Celeste Ng, which is what bothered me, because <laughs> the stuff she was describing was, like, Tumblr photography. It was, like, a rose made out of a combat boot on a cracked sidewalk that I took a photo of. But then it's, you know, it makes, there's like a whole thing where like her, you know, her teacher noticed her, her famous photographer teacher noticed her, which like also just I hate in stories when like the artist is like the genius of the class who's like, you know, it's like fucking, I don't care about that person. That person's not interesting. I want to know the person who's just kind of like a B Yeah, I want to know about the person the teacher didn't care about but was (laughs) still good. I don't know. There were just a lot of things about her, like the character of Mia that I've seen in so many artist characters in film and in books and on tv like forever and it just is like i i would hope that someone who is like like clearly perceptive and in a lot of ways like celestine seems to be could be a little bit more perceptive about that specifically um so here is my response i don't have a response to all of that obviously because i don't know shit about photography which i've just said but as far as the whole like free spirit nomad thing I got the impression by the end of the novel that, like, the real reason she was doing that had nothing to do uh, with the art. Well, yeah, but it it also seemed like in her just in the descriptions of her as a teenager and and in her early adulthood, even before her brother passed away, that she was already like that. You know, she definitely had the like, I'll just put everything aside and go to school, and I don't know how I'm going to make it, but yeah. I will. You know, sort of like that dreamer kind of quality it just like it feels like it's not that it that those people don't exist but it feels like such a tired trope that i would have liked to see something different like it's not that those people don't exist it's just i don't want to read about them anymore yeah yeah it's been i have had enough (laughs) you know if i could go back to what you said about elena for a second you know, yeah. like, she doesn't have a lot of defining characteristics, except she's sort of like a vaguely racist middle class white woman with a bunch mm-hmm. of kids. And it does seem like she was more interesting maybe in the past and had more going on, and now she doesn't. But, and I, you know, again, like, I don't like this either, but I can't deny that some people act this way. Like, I know so many people that when they became a mom, they just, or when they got yeah. married, even they just like shed every defining quality of themselves, and it's like, well, now I'm a mom. Yeah. Everything's about my baby. I'm not a person anymore. Yeah, and, and she I like mean, popped out four kids, like one after the other, too. Yeah, which yeah, that's gotta change you <laughs> physically, not just physically. physically. Yeah. Definitely physically. <laughs> yeah. I just, I guess my main, my main thing here is that I feel like one thing that all of these characters had in common is that they lacked specificity. Yeah. Yeah. And I just was really disappointed in that because 
you have a lot of different people to work with here that you could have made more interesting. And I just felt like they weren't. That's why I had a lot of trouble when you were asking about what characters were interesting. I didn't really have an answer for that because I was like, did I like any of these characters? Who are they? You know, I wasn't. There wasn't really feel this way. There wasn't anyone (laughs) that I was like, I need to read more about this person, you know? So. I mean, like. I mean, like I said, with the characters that I liked, I genuinely liked them, and I thought they had interesting qualities. And I thought, I thought Pearl and Mia were the most had the most like specific stuff to grab onto, even if that thing is the thing that you don't like about her. Yeah. Like she still a has thing more that has been defining a traits, defining trait about every other artist character in the history of artist characters. <laughs> Well, I don't. I'm not coming in with that same uh, baggage experience. I guess, so, yeah, baggage. I mean, um, maybe you just haven't noticed it because you're not. But it is a thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it was like this is how all poets are, maybe I would have that. But yeah, I'm just not. I didn't come in carrying that already. So that's why I can't <laughs> fucking stand girls because that bitch. I'm like, girls is terrible, and it's a terrible representation of writers. I can see the writer thing. I actually still like girls, though. I like girls, too, just because I think it's funny. But they're terrible I don't think it's a good representation of writers. Yeah. I was just going to say, this is like in every recap we've done for Riverdale this season. (laughs) I'm, you know, like, Gabriella and Kelly are like, here are the things I like. And I'm like, they need to stop persecuting Dungeons and Dragons players. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're bringing, trying to elicit a second satanic panic. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's personal to me, for sure. And that's something that that bothered me. But also an- another character that that I felt was totally, you know, um not utilized at all was Bibi. Like she yeah. has nothing to do here at all. She has she no is personality. Also a cliche. Well, I think She's if this had been written cliche. by a white woman, it would be like her character would be really offensive. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But I guess it's okay because but, I mean, okay, so she doesn't have a lot to do, but isn't that kind of the point? Because she kind of can't. She like, can't. But, yeah. like, she doesn't – you know what I mean. Like, she we, we spend time with her. We interact with her on multiple occasions. And we learn her story. But we don't – she doesn't have a personality I at mean, all. I think that's how we're sup- – okay, I think in this case, anyway – we're getting it, I mean, we're getting her kind of filtered through other people in Shaker Heights mostly, which is, they don't see her as, like, having a personality or having, like, stuff to say because to them she's just foreign object. She's an issue. Yeah, and so, I mean, to me, I guess that's just, like, I understand that she's a full person, but I don't think that anyone else besides, like, Mia, I guess, sees her that way. And so we get this view of her that, you know, we're hearing from other people because we, I mean, we can't really hear her. But a lot of our view of her is from Mia. I don't know. I mean, to me, I thought, like, the, like, almost like the town's voice was, like, mostly where we got BB. Like, filter through news articles and stuff. Yeah. And, like, there's so many repetitions of, like, but she abandoned her child, like, from multiple different people that I think I don't know. I wish 
BB would have gotten a chapter to deep dive into her past. Like, we get mm-hmm. a chapter like that with Elena. We get a chapter like that with Mia. And I wanted it for BB, too, because these are, like, the three central mothers. And we kind of know what happened with BB, but, like, I would like more detail. And it's just unfortunate to me that if you're going to center your story around a narrative about a, like, you know, a Chinese child being taken from its mother, you're going to sideline the mother character. The child obviously is a baby and can't talk. So you're putting all of the story into the hands of the white characters. And it's just, like, not that interesting. And also, I don't know, just... A little weird. She, like, while she, I guess while that conflict is the center of, like, what divides Mia from Elena, yeah, I mean, like, Bibi doesn't even really come off as central. And it, yeah, like, she's like she, a plot device, basically. Guess, yeah, she's not, that's why I, I don't even, I hesitate to even call that the central conflict, even though it kind of, I mean, it's like, stuff is built around this event, but it's not... BB herself isn't like central central. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, that's what I'm saying is that I felt like she should like, I felt like she should have been a plot device, not a real character. And it's just like the you know, there's a character of color being used as a plot device. This might be different it which we'll talk about later depending on you know, if Mia is in fact a black woman like Carrie Washington, then you know, that changes things considerably uh, as far as, like, what lens we're viewing the story through, I guess. But anyway, moving on to my second point, which is kind of about this central – well, this conflict and various pieces of the plot. So <laughs> I was looking through Goodreads reviews, and I found this one um, from this woman named Jenna, and she wrote, This is masquerading as a character-driven novel when it's really plot-driven AF. What the hell? And she wrote that in all caps. And I was like, I feel you on that. Um, Because we – like, there are all these characters, like we talked about, but there's a lot of plot happening here, especially as it gets towards the end of the book and we have all these different threads that are, like, coming together and wrapping up in, like, you know, increasingly convenient ways – and uh, I just wanted to know, like, what what you guys thought about, like, all these different plot threads and how they work together. So I don't know if this is the time to talk about it, but um, I do want to talk about the point of view shifts because yes. I did not like them. Um, me neither. They were all over the place. And I think to me that... I got as far, and this is why I'm connecting it to characters. All the POV shifts made it really hard for me to understand, like, whose story is this? Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, novels do POV shifts all the time. But normally when they do it, they at least stick with it for a paragraph at the very least. But there was, like, (laughs) like, there would be one paragraph with, like, three different perspectives in it. And I was just like, I don't know what are the rules of this narrative? Because it wasn't like we saw every what everyone was thinking at once either. It wasn't like totally omniscient. Yeah. You know? Um, so I just didn't under like, I was like, I feel like this is against the rules of fiction writing, but like, you know, I, it just, 
like it made it really hard for me to connect to a character and say like okay i understand this person's perspective um i feel like this is this character's story because it was jumping around so much and so like instead of instead of that helping me get to know all the characters i felt like i didn't have an opportunity to get to know anyone i know susan's yeah. gonna disagree i see it in her face no i'm just taking it in <laughs> but that, um, that to me was like the part that I struggled with the most. And I really don't remember everything I never told you being like that. Yeah. And um, I mentioned sorry. that also here, as well as the fact that um, there were a lot of moments like the, the omniscient narration is like coming from a character perspective, but also like on the timeline. Cause there are moments where we just like learn answers to questions that the characters don't know yet. Like, it'll be, like, later she would she would know that blah, 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 right. or, like, you know. Or, like, she wouldn't appreciate that her mother was blah, blah, blah until she was older. Or, yeah. yeah. Or, you know, what actually happened was this, but she didn't know that. And it's, like, we talked about this when we talked about the Book of Speculation, that we had this past information while the, pr- the characters in the present didn't have it, and that that created a problem, um as far as the way that the story moved. And I felt like it was a problem here, too. You know when else we talked about that? When? Couple next door. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yep. Yep. Marco Marco has the baby. But who has the baby? <laughs> it's, I, we all know the whole yeah. thing. Um, yeah. I f- I'm finding myself <laughs> in a weird position here. <laughs> Tell us more. Because that's what she said. I agree <laughs> with all of these criticisms. Like yeah. the plot, the point of view shifts are sometimes confusing and unnecessary. We know information the characters don't know, and that's a pacing problem. And just a problem in general. There are underdeveloped characters. I agree with all of this, and yet also I could not put this book down. It, and I enjoyed it. It's not not enjoyable. Yeah. It's just not. Yeah. It's like this. I felt, I felt like mad that I was like, that I wanted to read it because I did want to. It's not like I was like dreading picking it up or anything. But yeah. I wanted to find out what happened more than anything, and I think that gets at the heart of this talking point because I wanted to know how the plot would resolve. Mm-hmm. Right. It is. Plot, I it didn't is really care about the characters. Well, I think why I'm willing to overlook some of this stuff with the characters because I, I'm with you, Mary. Like I agree with a lot of this stuff too, but I just didn't mind it so much. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I really liked it. I had this perception of this book before reading it that it was going to be like really good. You know, <laughs> like I didn't have like my perception of this book wasn't like this will be fun. It was like this is going to be a really good book. Like people are talking about it. Like it's, you know, like Mm -hmm. I was expecting it to probably be a little more literary than it is, I guess. And not to say that it's not like when things aren't, you know, as Mary likes to say, capital L literary, that that's bad that it, that they're not. But I think I had, I had a different expectation of this book and the way that people talk about this book. Um, is like like on the like in the blurbs and everything it's like beautifully written dazzling but and i'm like no though it wasn't like and there was 
a part that I wrote down that I really like that I'd like to read. But yes, yes. overall. I thought there were a few. I want to hear what you picked because yeah. I thought there were a few parts and I couldn't like write them down because I was listening. But there were a few. I marked a lot of parts that I hated. Sections <laughs> of like what I thought were, was really good writing. Okay, so this is from page. This is from page one twenty two. Um. To okay, this is Mia's talking about being a mom or whatever, or thinking about it. To a parent, your child wasn't just a person. Your child was a place, a kind of Narnia, a vast eternal place where the present you were living and the past you remembered and the future you longed for all existed at once. You could see it every time you looked at her. Layered in her face was the baby she'd been and the child she'd become and the adult she'd grow up to be. And you saw them all simultaneously like a 3D image. It made your head spin. It was a place you could take refuge if you knew how to get in. And each time you left it, each time your child passed out of your sight, you fear you might never be able to return to that place again. I mean, obviously, I don't have any kids. I like that. So I can't be like, oh, I relate to that. But I just thought, like... Yeah. I understood it. It was kind of like, oh, I see. No, I th- I actually do want to say that that one thing that I thought was successful in this book was the the way that um, Celeste Ng wrote about motherhood in general. Right. Like, all the different perspectives of motherhood were very moving. And just, like, the way that she described, like, this, like, longing to have mm-hmm. a baby and, like – like, the way that, like, children are and, like, the sweetness of them and, like, guess, stuff like that sorry, I, I did find it does relate um, to this writing effective. style. But, like, in the yeah. the last few sentences, so one thing I really hate at the end of a novel is when it's just, like, super on the nose with that last, like, the closing words, <laughs> and which it was, and yet I still was, like, yeah, I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I was just along for the ride here. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> That ending, to me, just, I was like, where did this come from? Like, since when does Elena give a fuck about Izzy? (laughs) Well, I think, like, I mean, that's sort of what Mm -hmm. I was saying, right? Like, oh, she didn't really know until just now that she gave a fuck. (laughs) But, like, that last line, that's something about, like, looking for familiarity in the face of strangers, which is a lot of what this whole book is about. still here for it. Was, like, pretty on the nose. But I was like, "Hmm, all right, good. I liked it. Yep. There were parts of the books that I uh, disliked more than the ending. So yeah, <laughs> I'll say that. I think um, I think it's a good listen. Also, like I would actually yeah. recommend the audiobook. I'm just not. I'm learning that I'm just not an audiobook person. Well, I would recommend it to other people then, but yes, it doesn't have to be you specifically. Yeah. People <laughs> all like audiobooks. You, Kelly. <laughs> Freaking artist, free spirit artist thinks everything's about her. I know. Yeah. It's because I'm a narcissist. I consume so much through my ears, like, you know, podcasts. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned that, but I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but um, yeah. <laughs> Audible. Yeah, I don't know what it is about long form things that makes it harder for me to listen to. Because I can listen to podcasts all day, but like, I don't know why. I just like always lose, I always lose track of what is happening and I have to keep rewinding it like even if it's a totally absorbing read you know mm-hmm. 
Anyway. So, like, technically, you probably listen to the volume of podcasts that could equal an audio. Yeah, it's not that I don't don't like listening to stuff or listening to people talk. It's just... This feels like me and movies and TV shows. Like, I could sit and watch five episodes of a TV show, no problem, Mm -hmm. and feel fine about it. But I'm like, ugh, movies are so long. It's, like, such (laughs) a time commitment to sit down and watch a movie. I could watch, like, a whole season of The Great British Baking Show. Yeah. Yeah. But that then it's was. like a two and a half hour movie. Yeah. What? No, it's 8.30. <laughs> couldn't possibly. Um, and at like 2 a.m. you're watching I, Paul I couldn't Hollywood sit a cake. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's bring that up again. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we know. Um, okay. Yeah, I know. We so, all talked about you behind your back. <laughs> no, we talked no. about you oh, my, at your face. At your face. Um... <laughs> Oh, so I did want to say, just referring to my interview again, which we will link in the show notes, you should really check it out. I definitely get check paid per view. So if you like me. <laughs> it's also a good interview. If you like me, go look at it so I can get that paper. Okay. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta promote my side hustle. It's got cats to feed. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're ex- it's expensive food, you know. My cat has all sorts of issues: digestive issues, urinary tract <laughs> issues, blood pressure issues. So, like, you know, it's he not has cheap. to eat maple goop. Yep. Um. So I did ask her about how she felt about the miniseries and if she was excited about it. Obviously, she was excited. That was, but you know, I just wanted to hear her talk about it. And she said, um. I can't think of two better actresses to play the part, honestly. Before my novel was even published, I was watching Big Little Lies on HBO, like everyone else in the world was. Um, I was watching Reese Witherspoon doing this really great job of playing this really strong, really powerful woman who still has blind spots and makes mistakes. And I said to my husband, she's so good at this. It would be amazing if in some parallel universe, Reese Witherspoon were to be Mrs. Richardson in my novel. Um, I was thinking she would do a good job at this because there are such similarities, and then somehow this miraculously happened. So there you go. There's the confirmation that she is being she's going oh, to be okay. So she is. So she is. Yeah. So that means that Mia is uh, Carrie Washington, yeah. which means that. So so we were talking about this in our group chat uh, because I was like, oh, I didn't realize like Carrie Washington must be Mia. Like I. That's an interesting choice because I didn't think Mia was black. And Emily's like, well, you know, never says that she's not black. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. it like, there is a, uh, you know, it's pointed out, like, the different races of different characters in this book pretty blatantly. It's not like we, like, all of them are kind of, like, ethnically ambiguous. It's like Brian is black. His family is black. BB oh, is Oh, and there are lots Chinese. of Bill Cosby references to Brian, which is also a very 90s thing. <laughs> yeah. So yes. maybe that's why it had to be There's another night, Asian so family. Bill Cosby. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no, you go ahead. No, there is I, another Asian You family. cut out for a second, so I thought you were done, and then it popped back on. I was like, oh, she's still, she's no, still talking, still and talking I'm an asshole. No, still talking about Bill Cosby every yeah. day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to say, there is another Asian family, too, that it's pointed out that they're Asian. Yeah, I mean, the and also their last name is Wong. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I seriously thought that Mia was Asian, so. Because she worked at the Chinese restaurant. Well, yeah, it wasn't just that she worked at the Chinese restaurant. It was like that part about when they were talking about that she worked there. And it was yeah. like, well, there's a better Chinese restaurant you could work at. Like, 
why doesn't that become your other job? It wasn't like any other job was suggested. It was like, you can work at this Chinese restaurant or that one. So I was like, oh, maybe she's Chinese. And this is like the easiest place for her to get a job in a place that's really white. It would be easier to get a job at a place where other Asians are working. But uh, there's something else, too. I told you that I couldn't remember what the heck it was. But it made her sound like mixed race Asian. Like maybe she was like part white or something. But yeah. her I last didn't... name seems white. Is right. Right. With a W. And that's yeah. not a that's not a very uh Asian. But her but mom if she could was be mixed, Asian. one of her parents could have been. Yeah, yeah, no. I really, but I'm yeah. saying like that to me uh, would suggest if she's Asian, she's mixed race because right isn't yeah. like a right. that's what I'm trying to Well, I assume Carrie Washington's daughter and this is going to be mixed race because well, the dad is Amanda clearly Stenberg, white. Isn't she mixed race? I think mm-hmm. so. I think she is. I'm going to check. But I'm just saying she I is. stand by my casting. That's all I'm saying. I would love that. I'm just, I wonder how different they'll make um, Pearl look though racially just because like it's unclear for so long who who her dad is. I wonder if they'll yeah. play that up. any to Maybe she'll be Asian. Maybe. <laughs> be Malaysia. really confusing. I've confirmed she is biracial. Okay. All right. Um, also, right. Dis- just disclaimer, yeah, as we're talking about this, um, which we should have said earlier, I guess, but we're all white. Uh, and again, as always, Still white. we're sorry. We're sorry. Um, <laughs> Wait. What? Yes. Maybe. <laughs> well, okay. Am I white? So the reason that. <laughs> no, no, no. Not wait on that. I'm definitely white. <laughs> um, no, I, sorry. I had a, a thing. Um, the the surrogate, the people who asked um, Mia to be their surrogate, yeah, yeah, picked her because she looked just like yes, the wife. Mm, well, maybe yeah. the wife was black. Maybe they're a black family now. Well, maybe yeah. no. Maybe they're mixed race. Maybe it's a yeah. Maybe she's yeah. black and he's white. I just it the novel. Is so quick to point out race. Yeah, that's in other why. Instances. Yeah, and I, I assume they would have said that something. They, that Mia and Pearl were white because I I would have thought that it would have, you know, that the novel would have made a point of the fact that there were differences between Mrs. Richardson and Mia other than just the class differences, and the class difference was really the only thing that. that was really, like, repeatedly brought up between them, that that, uh, Mrs. Richardson was like, oh, this woman is poor and, like, lives, like, by the seat of her pants and is living in this, you know, this place that I'm renting to her. And it just, like, it's, and, you know, again, their neighbor also who lived in the same building, like, the same duplex as them, um, was also a Chinese man, I believe he was Chinese. Um... Maybe it was some conversation that he had with the Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, sorry, we, we need to address the fact that I'm pretty sure Mia's a virgin. Oh, yeah. That was fucking Which, ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. sorry, but... Yeah, like, it was just like, and she had never known the touch of a man, and I'm like, well, I guess that's sort of plausible because of her lifestyle, but like, Never? You're she's like thirty. Yeah, and when she has something. her child, she's like so, twenty. Which like I was a late bloomer, sure, but yeah. like it just seems like bizarre that she would have never ever like even 
kissed After someone. That. Yeah. Well, she was a single mom. What was she going to do? Ask my mom. <laughs> People find ways. I mean. Well, I mean, now her kid goes to school and stuff, though, and has been for the last, let's yeah. say, 10 years. So, I mean, it's not like. I, I mean, literally all she does yeah. is photography. I mean, not to judge someone who hasn't had sex. It's just, like, pretty wild that she has had a child. It's it's a weird inclusion. Yeah. It doesn't seem all that believable or reasonable for her, but... Yeah. Because it's one thing to have never had, like, a serious relationship, but it's another thing to not even have, like, casually dated a little bit, like... Well, it was, you know, so that photo of that they found of her in the museum was, like, Madonna and Baby. It was like she took on... Right. <laughs> That. The Virgin Mary. Um, and just, like, became it. But, yeah, I was like, I think, I mean, I even, I might have said it out loud when I was listening. I was like, what? Huh. Yeah. It just was, and it came really late. <laughs> it was, like, a revelation very late in the novel. Yeah. And I was like, it just could have just not. Because also it didn't really seem to matter to fit with Mia's personality as this, like, rebel, like, you know, right, and her daughter and she, you know, is giving sex. Izzy advice on. So yeah, maybe she's asexual. Maybe, but that's, that's a possibility. not the way it was said. It was said like she almost yeah. wished that she had. She just didn't something. have the I don't time. Know. I, I just she's too busy. It it seemed <laughs> like Mary said. Oh, of... Yeah, I'm also not judging. Um, but again, not to. Not to seem judgmental. I know I seem judgmental when I uh, say things, but yeah, I'm sure I'm I really did too when I brought it that just, up. But I'm not trying to be. <laughs> it's just that it didn't really seem to have a reason, unless it was just to highlight the fact that her daughter was now doing it. It was having this like adult experience that she couldn't. It was like one more thing they couldn't talk about or connect on. Yeah, I guess my my last question, which we can touch on quickly, is just like. I wanted to know what you guys took away from this book as, like, the message from, like, or what, because, like Emily was saying, it was hard to kind of figure out which character's story this was supposed to be, and in the same way, it was kind of hard for me to figure out what I felt like this book was trying to be about. I think, I mean, ultimately, I think the book is asking for everyone to, like, be a little more considerate, I guess, of people who are different <laughs> yeah. from you. Uh, like, Elena is cool. <laughs> Elena mm-hmm. makes a lot of judgments on Mia that are kind of unfounded. People make judgments on BB that are unfounded. I don't know. I mean, I think it's just asking for people to be a little more empathetic with each other, whether it's because of you know, seemingly big differences like race or small differences like my daughter's crappy and I don't understand her. Um, okay, so I guess, sh- should we do readings? Yeah. Okay. I gave it, I give it, I haven't rated it yet, but I think I would give it three stars. It's more like a three and a half, like this is a case where I really wish I could have a half star. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it's not like a to- like four for me is like I really liked it a lot. Yeah. But I definitely like more than felt lukewarm about it. Like I I enjoyed reading it. So I think three. Um, 
I just, last time I'm going to plug it, everything I never told you, I gave five stars. Okay. Good. Y'all should read it. That's what I'm saying. Um, I'm going to go now because I'm just going to say the same thing. Like, I really, really want a half star. Um, yeah. Because I just, I can't quite give it a four because I'm comparing it to, like, how much I loved other things that exactly. we read that I did give a four to. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the ugly and wonderful things. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, which I liked a lot. Yeah. And this. like, that was a really solid four for me. So I'm going to, I guess I'm going to have to give this a three instead of a three and a half because I can't. Although who cares? Yeah, we did... can make our own fucking rating system. We can do halves. It's 3.5. But I'm Goodreads. Whoa. No, I don't even use Goodreads. Let's be serious. Hold I don't on. actually, I don't actually go on there and rate anything. Blasphemy. This is just, this is just a, uh, a monumental episode. This is a very special Book Squad Goals episode where Susan <laughs> comes out about her Goodreads activity or lack thereof. Sorry. A truly shocking reveal. Yeah. I also wish I could have given it a 3.5, but instead of taking it down to a 3 on Goodreads, I gave it a 4. Damn. I, and, like, look, I'm, as I've said before, I'm a little bit more loosey-goosey <laughs> with my rating. You know, like, five is great. I loved it. Four is, like, pretty good. Three is medium, mediocre. Two is, like, uh, pretty bad. And one is, like, I would burn this book. <laughs> Two for me is usually, like, I really didn't enjoy it but i can see why other people do and one is like no this is a piece of trash nobody should read it you know yeah Yeah. that's that's how i feel too which is why i'm gonna give this a two because i would give it a two and a half if i could you can Um, because there are no rules (laughs) there are no rules i'm going by the goodreads system because i do use goodreads (laughs) and i'm gonna give it a two which is gonna make me look like an asshole um but well, you're just the rebellious, free spirited artist type. You're just going to do just what you want to do. I'm just the of the group, I guess. It's fine. I'll be stomping my combat boots off onto a bus to Pittsburgh or something. <laughs> um, we'll just never hear from you again. Yeah. Yeah. You'll you look know, for me in the face of artist, strangers. So we just never looked for her. But she ain't no yeah. virgin, I'll tell you that. <laughs> wink wink <laughs> speaking of which special shout out to my boyfriend who sent me <laughs> a really stupid text um <laughs> he he texted me in the morning the other day and he goes also i'm thinking about writing a short story for real i want to call it giant embers in distinct places <laughs> and i was like i was like i like that What's it about? And he was like, I'm just kidding. I've just seen little fires everywhere on BSG. (laughs) (laughs) And I like, I was too early for me to like understand the text right away. Yeah. And I just like hate myself for letting (laughs) him trick me. Out of context, I don't think that I would have known what he was talking about either. Also, that sounds pretty. Also, he said for real, which makes it seem like he's being for real. Right. You can't just what throw around the term for real, Ivan, if you're not being for real. Okay? There are rules. Words mean things. Words mean things!
for me to do my plug. Yep. Yes, please. Guys, I have wonderful news. What is it? I have more side hustle to hustle to you. This is Emily. My, I, as you know, I work for Book Riot, as I mentioned. But what you might not know is that Book Riot has a super awesome book subscription service called My TBR. And what does TBR stand for? Well, in this case, it stands for Tailored Book Reads. That's right. You fill out a survey, a really fun, awesome survey about your, your taste in books. Like what kind of books have you been reading lately that you like? What do you normally like? What do you want to read more of? How willing are you to move outside of your comfort zone? Um, anything else that you want us to think about? Um, and then your bibliologist, that's right, bibliologist, carefully looks over your letter and chooses three books for you. So for $15 a quarter, um, you can just get the book recommendations and a nice personalized letter. And it's really, the website looks really awesome. It saves all your recommendations up there. Um, after you've read your books, you can leave feedback for them, talk about what you liked about them, what you didn't like. I think you can even do half stars. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. I'm going to do it. I'll that. find a way. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, for the next quarter, your bibliologist looks over your feedback and you can say, you know, this time I'm looking for more of this type of stuff and they'll give you new stuff. This, the other option is for $75 a quarter. You get three beautiful hardcover books mailed to you and a letter. Um, I am a bibliologist, but I also subscribe because I love getting book mail. So I am subscribed to the $75 option. Um, and I really love it. You know, I, my quarter was up at the beginning of October. And so I was like, you know, it's October. I really like some nice spooky reads this time around. And, um, Mm -hmm. I got some really awesome books that I am excited about reading. And Mary, you subscribe too at the $15 level. I will say I am not a bibliologist, but I do subscribe to TBR and I am cheap and love my Kindle, so <laughs> I just signed up to get the letter and the recommendations. And I've been super pumped about it. My bibliologist is Liberty Hardy, who I've had, like... We both have the same bibliologist, by the way. Really? Yeah, my bibliologist is Liberty also. Cool. I, We're like sisters! I know. Is she our mom? Yeah, I I mean, like, I have had a book crush on her for a long time, ever since she has been, like, judging for Book of the Month. So, I'm excited, and I have really enjoyed the picks she's made for me. She's made some good ones, and I just wish I had all the time to read all of them, but I like it. I like getting a note, too, because it really walks you through why your bibliologist made this pick for you and what they think you're yeah, going to like about it. Yeah, they're very personalized. Yeah. So. I really love it just as a bibliologist. I'm getting, I'm at the, you know, my TBR is still kind of new. So I'm just getting to the point where I'm getting responses from people who um, 
were signed up with me the first quarter and they're getting their second quarter books. And I love getting letters from them saying like, oh, I really like this book. And it made me think to check out this book because it's given me an opportunity to start a conversation with them about books and say like, oh, I really love that book. I hope you like it. Let me know what you think. So I like, I love the fact that I, as a bibliologist, I get to keep working with the same customers over and over again and really learn their tastes and develop a rapport with them. Um, so that's been really cool. And I think that's something that's really unique to the service. So if you're interested in signing up, which you definitely should be, the address is mytbr.co. Um, we'll link that in the show notes. And you know what? This would be an awesome Christmas present. It's that time of the year. You know you have friends. You don't know what to get them. But you know they like to read. You don't know what shit they have. They've got giant bookshelves. Just get them this. Then they can get someone else to pick the books for them. It'll be awesome. Let's do listener feedback. Go for it. Okay. This is about Goodbye Vitamin. Hey, Battlestar Galactica. Ah, which is BSG. It's your pal, Alex from New England. Hey, Alex. Hey, Alex. Love the last episode. Emily not having the moon zucchini was one of my favorite moments in the whole BSG series run. Then he quotes Kelly saying, listen, and Emily responds, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to do an Emily there. I don't know if I pulled it off. Uh-huh. I have attached my artist rendering of the zucchini moon to this email. It is now yours. We will post that for you guys. Uh, we we will put that on our Instagram. It's a ama- it's amazing. Um, Thank you, Alex. Everyone's <laughs> favorite book, the OED, recently added a bunch of film related words like Spielbergian, Tarantino esque, and Lynchian to its hallowed pages. I'm too lazy to look up the definitions, but I'm assuming that last one is something like adjective, referring to a work of art that makes you feel uncomfortable for reasons you can't quite explain. And that provides absolutely no goddamn closure, even though we've been waiting for this third season of Twin Peaks for 25 years. And now, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> okay. Woo. Listen. I'm sorry if I messed that up. I liked, I I liked the season. <laughs> so here's my question. What author-related descriptors would you add to the OED? What would be an Indian, sorry, what would an Indian situation be like? Thanks for the show. Alex from New England. Yeah, yeah. Well, I definitely think it would have to have something to do with race and motherhood because those are things that she's really interested in talking about in all of her work. And like a domestic type setting. Yeah. Race and motherhood in a domestic type setting, that would be Angian to me. Mm, I don't even know how to make this the same kind of word. Polynikian? Oh, no. Yeah, because Chuck Polinick does this like very specific thing in every book he writes. Where he has like a little gimmick and he constantly refers to it throughout the whole novel. And it's just such a very Chuck Palahniuk thing. I hate Chuck Palahniuk, guys. Look, I don't love him, but I was in high school once. <laughs> I hate him. I had a fight club phase. Look, I stand by that movie. That's a good movie. I was a high school right. boy once. Oh, wait. <laughs> I said I stand by fight club as a movie. It's much better than the book. I think I think the, th- the thing about Chuck Palahniuk. Palinyuk, Nyuk, is that he is a he has interesting ideas for stories and he's a bad writer. Yep. Because I think his movies, the his books that get made into movies are cool mm-hmm. and interesting, but the way that he writes really is grating, 
unbearable. But when you're in high school and you feel like the world's out to get you. And that cursing makes you cool. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) Yeah. She tied her piss yellow hair up. Yes. Everything's piss yellow or shit brown. You're right. That story of my He's life. He's a terrible you know? writer, but <laughs> I have like an, a fondness for some of his um, books just because I loved him so much. When so I was the in definition high of that word is basically like you had a cool idea, but you're actually <laughs> shitty. You could use it to just insult people that, and not like even describe the <laughs> yeah. book, but just like you yeah. are this mm-hmm. thing. I like that. I think that's um, a good one. Is there one? What do people call things yeah. that are Stephen King? Adjacent. King That's what I was just trying to think of. <laughs> but and like it would be really hard to define too because they're Well, I think a lot of people say that Stranger Stranger Things is kind of Kingian and I think like the reason is there's this mixture of like nostalgia and reverence for childhood mm-hmm. and like childhood wonder mixed with like horror coming of age adulthood and the fear of that and that being represented through Spoops. supernatural. Yeah. I would want there to be one that was, like, by a true crime author, and, like, the definition just means, like, oh, when you think about this horrible thing, but actually uh, all that shit happens all the time, and it's just serial killers run amok. (laughs) That's what what I would put in there. Um, Okay, so I will read this next one, which unfortunately got cut off by Instagram. Um, But we can guess how it ends. Yeah, this this is from Marion in North Carolina. And she said, did anyone else think that the Theo slash Ruth stuff took up too much time? I would have rather spent more time. And then she got cut off. I think we did. Well, I was okay with the Theo Ruth stuff, but I know Susan had problems with it. Correct, uh, Susan. Well, I had more problems with Linus. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It was Linus. That's, yeah. what, that's what it was. But- Guys. I'm going to be honest with you. I've already forgotten who these people are because that's how much I cared about this Theo book. Theo was like the love interest guy. Um, yeah. Right? Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it. I always, I'm a sucker for writing. I didn't, bu- I didn't, yeah, I didn't mind it, but I didn't feel much about it either. I actually kind of wanted to know more about her uh, broken engagement because I thought that had more bearing on like how she was in the present with her family. But yeah. There yeah, wasn't yeah. A, I mean, there was some, but I actually, I thought that story probably had more to it that could have been useful and cool. Right. Mm-hmm. Theo seemed kind of boring to me. Yeah. He was cute. I liked I that like he Theo, was so... but I don't really care. Like, I didn't really care either way. Yeah. He was like, I like, it was sweet that he was so, he was the one who kind of came up with the idea to have a fake class for her father because he really admired him as a professor and wanted to make him happy. Yeah. And I liked that. But anyway, thank you, Marianne. Um, and thank you, Alex. And if anyone else would like to write to us about um, Little Fires Everywhere or anything else, you can email us at thesquad at booksquadfools.com. So now to talk What's about the blog? the blog and my featured bookstore. It is my bookstore this month. I'm not going to do a whole thing, um, but I'm just going to tell you that my featured bookstore is The Strand in New York, which 
a lot of people have been to and heard of. It's not a unique choice, but I love it with all my heart. I go there regularly. I buy a lot of books for this podcast there. It's my favorite. You got to go with your heart. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, you got to go with your it's heart. It's like, it's all, it's almost reaching the point of not even, it's like, it's an indie bookstore technically, but it's been around forever and it's huge. Um, but that's awesome. It's great. I love it. Um, so I will be writing a blog post about that that should be up by the time this episode airs and we will be linking to all of our books on the website to the strand because you can buy books online at from the strand and you can also buy used books from the strand which is really cool because they're cheaper very nice um so i highly recommend that you buy from them they also have an amazing gift shop if you're in new york ever like and you want to go to a bookstore but also pick up like new yorky things for people this is the best place to go they have like a thousand like pins and magnets and socks and random stationary shit and it's the best so that's my favorite is random stationery. yeah i love, love it, it so much mm-hmm. um so yeah it's the best uh we also have riverdale recaps gonna be going on till the end of time baby yeah that's there's no end in sight so that's that (laughs) so come to see me get completely incensed every week when they say bad things about dungeons and trek um it's called griffins and gargoyles so just relax just relax okay i'm actually really enjoying this season it's it's pretty fun it's better than it's it's stupid but i'm I'm having more fun watching it than last season, I think. Yeah, me too. So, yeah. Also on the blog, I have written a post about the Netflix original Christmas movie, The Princess Switch, starring Vanessa Hudgens. (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm going to watch this movie. Yes. I'm really looking uh, forward to this. I, you know, didn't hate this movie as much as I thought I was going to. I watched it with my family. And so I've kind of just talked about the movie a little bit in my blog post and done a breakdown of things that are absolutely ridiculous and absurd and things that are actually kind of nice. Cool. In the movie. And I and Kelly and our good friend Grace, who was our Harry Potter consultant. Slash expert. Wrote slash expert wrote a really amazing review of the new Fantastic Beasts movie, which is called The Crimes of Grindelwald. I just read your post yes. instead of going to see the movie. Also something Aww. you could do. But it's very spoiler filled, um, so. Yes, we uh, complain about Johnny Depp a lot, so if that's going to bother you, I, okay. That's honestly You're what weird. I came there for. Yeah. <laughs> but we also are huge fans yeah, of Harry Potter, awesome. so if you want oh, yeah. um, so, to read the point of view, so it's it's not just like a bashing of the movie. We talked about why we actually enjoyed it while also being critical of it at the same time, yes. which is a nice space. Yes, to yeah. occupy. I mean, we're very self aware. We know that no matter what, we're going to love all the Harry Potter things. Yeah. So, it's fine. Susan. Susan. Yeah, I don't know what that blog is going to be about yet. <laughs> Susan has a post. <laughs> Go check it it's out. A I was literally just sitting here thinking about it. Like, 
Mm. <laughs> it's Probably a surprise. Booksquaggles.com yeah, slash blog. <laughs> you can find probably Susan's post a there. Podcast. Yeah. It's probably gonna be a pod squad. <laughs> What's up next? Oh man. Um What's up oh, next? Wait. Oh, never mind. What? I was going to mention the the thing that Emily and I are doing, but the blog about that won't be until later. So, oh, well, you can you can Never follow mind. along. Oh no, we can still talk about it. I just wanted people it. to Let's know how sore it. my arms are. So. Yeah, so um, you might have noticed if you're following us on Instagram that Susan and I are doing looking a really thing fit. Called yeah, that Susan and I are looking especially hot, and you're probably wondering like, what are they doing to look that hot? Well, let us tell you. Uh, <laughs> How did Susan it's, and Emily get so hot? It's Crystal from The Bachelor. It's her Fit for the Holidays challenge. You might remember that we're doing. Crystal. Because she talked like You might remember, remember Crystal from talking like this and also like uh, complaining about Ari's pencil deck. <laughs> Can I steal you for a minute? I really love that she called yeah. him pencil dick. And also, you know, dick. I love Crystal. Like, I think she's great. I do too. She, <laughs> so, she really uh, yeah. uh, redeemed herself in Paradise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't she's... even watch Paradise. Like, I just <laughs> like oh her. <laughs> so, anyway, we are getting fit. So, at the time you hear this, we're like two weeks into this three-week situation, or we're, we're starting the second week. So, there will be a blog to come, but you can also just follow it on Instagram and see how, like shredded we look what you're eating <laughs> yeah and we'll give you some we'll share our favorite recipes maybe or something I don't know if I'm really one. digging that green power smoothie like I just kind of want to ask can I just have that for breakfast every morning because I could do I it. think you can okay well you can do cool. whatever you want you. I'm into it yeah. well you can it's just kind of perfect because it's got some veggies in it it's got you know protein I'm into it it's got chia seeds, which is really just my fave. Yeah. Anyway, this is why we look so hot. So now you know, and you can follow along and watch us get hotter with time. <laughs> You're welcome. Follow our journey to hotness. <laughs> That's what the I'm blog should be called. Hashtag journey to hotness. <laughs> journey to hotness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> JK, we were already hot, but mm-hmm. we're just but upping to, it a level. To hotterness. We'll call it hotterness. <laughs> Hotter than the haters. Yeah. Um. So next time on the podcast, <laughs> it's our second annual <laughs> favorites of the year episode. Faves. Oh man. Slash yeah. And do we what have some be? favorites for you? We sure do. <laughs> we're not, we're not doing Secret movies, Santa on the next TV one, shows, we? books. We are. Yes, yeah, we, we are. are. We are doing Secret Santa. Favorites we're also of the doing year. A Secret Santa and gifts. We're in. We'll open the gifts and describe them for you because you can't see them. We'll make sure to put lots of ASMR <laughs> we'll crackle. The, we'll post the gifts. It's honestly pretty oh, fucking selfish of us, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll take pics after. Our next book is. Oh, it's my book. Um. <laughs> Shoot, I wasn't Did prepared like to talk general? about it. You don't have to talk about it um, that much. You can just say. Yeah, I won't, because it's Girls Burn Brighter by Shoba Rao. I hope I'm saying that correctly. I'll definitely research it before that actual episode, so I don't butcher it a thousand yes. times. But, um, I've actually been, I'm not going to say anything about it because we're running out of time, but I've actually been really excited about this book for a long time, and I'm finally forcing everyone to read it, and I'm, I'm amped. I so. started reading it, Me too. and I like it so far. 
So I'll read it when it gets here. <gasps> really? Oh my gosh! That's Sorry, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I literally hate myself. That's um, it. I literally hate you too. So. But you know, I'll just say this: if you're into stories about friendship and uh, India and uh, women, awesome girls, yeah. Then you would like this. Cool. That's all I'm saying. Yay! So our next other episode is going to be dropping on the 17th of December, and then the book episode will be on the 31st, a special New Year's Eve episode yeah. just for you. You can use it instead of listening to your normal, like, getting amped to go out playlist. You can just listen to this podcast mm-hmm. while you're getting ready to go out for New Year's, um, and it'll be... It'll get you amped for for sure. Def. Thanks for listening. It'll get you amped to stay inside and listen to and watch all the things that we just told you about. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Because you're going to have a long ass list. Yeah. And please follow us on social media. We're at Book Squad Goals on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, Email us, like I said, at the squad at booksquadgoals.com. And please, if you have a minute, just, you know, it was just Giving Tuesday and maybe. Maybe you missed it, and maybe you forgot to give. Well, I can tell you how you can help us. You can help us by giving us a rating and a review on the Apple Podcast Store thing. Uh, and subscribe. And subscribe, please. And just, like, I don't know, share a, one of our posts on Facebook. Or if one of your friends is like, I like books, but I don't have anyone to talk to about it, you could recommend this podcast to them. Pay it for like four people to talk at you about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you know we're very responsive. If you want to talk to us about books, it's true. Yes, we I are. Say. Um. True. So please, you know, spread the love. Yeah. Heart emoji. Hearts. Love you. <laughs> love you guys. Bye. 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 Yeah.